Thanks for joining the podcast today. If you didn't already know, this podcast is based off of our YouTube channel. You can find the link in the description below. Be sure to subscribe. Also check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Let us know who you are and where you're watching from. We'd love to get to know you. We are a self-funded channel. We don't receive money from churches or ministries, and that allows us to continue to make content that pushes the borders of our faith. So if you enjoy what we do, consider giving to our Patreon. For as little as a cup of coffee a month, you can help support this channel. You can find the link in the description below. Thanks again for joining us. We believe that by coming together, we can leave bad religion defenseless. Hey everybody, it is the end of August, almost September, and it has been like 18 years since we've done a podcast. Um, I think I got sick, and then I think you got sick, not like back to back, but somewhat close, and then like school started up, so you're Mm -hmm. super busy. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to push the YouTube channel thing again and doing like, some some weeks I was doing like two or three videos, like shorts and stuff like that a week, but kind of occupied all my free time, and then... Like all things, the podcast just got pushed to the side. It's so weird, like trying to juggle all these plates and like hit all these check marks. And I feel like something always falls by the wayside. But we're back and we're doing a podcast and mm-hmm. uh, it's nice. And it's almost September. I yes. feel like, tell me, you're so you're from, well, as far as like north and south goes, I'm not thinking east and west, but as far as like north and south goes, would you say you're like central Michigan where you're from? You're not Ooh. like Southern Michigan, but you're also not like UP Northern no. Michigan. Yeah, I guess in the middle. Maybe like somewhat in the middle. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So at this time of year, like September 1st, is it starting to cool off up there yet? Or uh, The highs are still probably getting in the 70s. The highs are in the 70s? Maybe the 80s. Oh. I think my mom said it was hot today. <laughs> What's hot? Like, I feel like when you guys say hot, it's like... The high was 86. Okay, yeah, that's But like later in the week, the high is 76. Okay, but what's the lows like at night? 66, 63, 58, 53. Yeah, you guys are in the 50s at night. That's so nice. Um, So if you're just tuning in the podcast for the first time, uh, we are coming live from Central Florida. And I would say there's no noticeable change uh, coming from August to September in Central Florida um, other than we go into the thick of hurricane season. Like September is our like the heavy time for hurricanes. Yeah, there's always some, there's some daily rain. Every day. Downpour. <laughs> I would say between three and five or 6 yeah. p.m. There's there's a downpour. Sometimes it lasts for an hour. Sometimes it lasts for the like- The rest of the night. Yeah, or just 15 minutes, but it is going <laughs> to pour. Or it's like raining like two minutes north and not raining behind you. Right. Like, and right. it doesn't hit it at all. It's very strange. I'm also waiting for the temperatures to just not be in the 90s. Every day, like the highs, every time, like it's been in the 90s for yeah. like a month. I mean, we don't even see that until like the end of October. Honestly, <laughs> that's when we get our first little bit of a cold breeze here. So, um, but anyway, if you live in another part of the country, you know, let us know how you're enjoying the weather because uh, we're still sweltering and paying like $300 for our AC bill just to keep <laughs> our house at a livable temperature. But um, anyway, this is not the weather podcast. Although, you know, I would totally be game to start a weather podcast. I do love the weather. I, I've been fascinated. So do you hate on the weatherman? Well, yeah, because it's all garbage. But I don't want to get into that. <laughs> if, you, if you know about weathermen and like the whole thing, you know. But anyway, 
Um, so yeah, we've we've been doing a lot. Check out the uh, the YouTube channel. Um, kind of been doing a little bit of rebranding too. My name was on a lot of the stuff for a while, uh, and I just felt like it was kind of unnecessary. And it my name doesn't have like any particular clout or anything that was going to bring anybody to the channel. Um, so I've been switching everything over slowly but surely to uh, leave religion defenseless. You could still find me through the usual avenues. Like my Instagram is still my personal Instagram. Yeah. Um, so I'm still there, but you know, no one cares about me. It's more <laughs> the concepts and ideas that we're going I over. Do. So anyway, um, but yeah, so we've been pushing that and uh, you know, we're gearing up for fall and Christmas and all that. So what's the last podcast we did? I can't remember the exact name of it. I can't remember. Um, was it? Oh I know it was like the identity thing. Um, oh yeah, I think that's that was it. We just talked about identity, two, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for us, it's one podcast, but yeah, for, for you guys, it's else. it's it's two. So yeah, we did the identity podcast, and like almost immediately afterwards, I was like, man, there's a part of identity that we didn't even get to in a two hour span, um, and it's something uh, that is, I would say, I don't know if all Christians are like this. Maybe Christians is the wrong word. People of faith, Jesus people, whatever you want to say. I don't know if if everyone's like this, and and you tell me from your experience. Um, do most Christians have themes inside of their faith that are central to the core of their faith? Does that make sense? Like, I know we all believe in Jesus. Like, he died, he rose again, he's Savior. Like, I, I get all that. But, like, are there core themes to most people's Christianity? Like, you know, like, the Christians that's, like, all about worship. Like, worship is everything to them. And that's, like, their sure. core thing, you know? Yeah. But I wonder if everybody kind of has that. Um, or if they're just more, I don't want to say, like, vanilla Christians. <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? Just more, like, well-balanced where they don't have a thing. I don't know. Do you have a thing? Or is it just, like, mm. this is my faith and it encompasses a lot? Which is uh, fine. Uh, maybe it's, like, a mixed bag. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, I have a lot of theological sticking points that are very important to me. But, kind of looping back here, to me, the central thing that I want to talk to everyone about today has kind of been, like, if not the number one in the top three for like 10 years for me. Uh, and it it kind of does become that mantra in my brain that just keeps playing over and over and over again. I have in no way, shape or form perfected it, but it's something that I think I am very conscious about all the time. And I think it pushes me to be better at it to whereas if somebody's not thinking about it all the time, they may agree with the point, but because it's not like their life mantra faith goal they're not in it i know i'm like really dragging this out uh <laughs> but the thing i wanted to talk to everyone about today is uh being offended or i guess being the lack thereof being unoffended or unoffendable um to me that is a huge huge part of my christianity and a huge part of my faith and it's actually the filter um in which i try to live my life through I would liken it to someone, and maybe I was like this, you know, as a teenager or a young 20-something, someone who tries to live their life through the filter of not sinning. I know that was like a big thing, like when we were growing up, right? Yeah, like for sure. there's for sexual sure. sin and you don't want to swear and don't drink alcohol or smoke cigarettes or like all the things yeah. you're told not to do. And I think for a lot of young people, um, at least coming through the uh, evangelical circles, not sinning is kind of the filter in which they live their life. Now, I understand like Jesus is central. God is central. Reading your Bible, those things. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty, if you think about it, a lot of people live their Christian experience through the lens of just not sinning. 
if they're not yeah. sinning in whatever that particular way is, because everybody has their own flavors and things uh, in their own personal lives, if they're not sinning, actively trying not to, like they're repressing it or they're getting healed or like whatever the thing is, that is the lens in which they live their life through. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because I think it's a little different than like, oh, I read my Bible. Like, mm-hmm. and that's great. Um, or even I worship, you know, I like worship music, like all of that's fine, but do people really live their lives through the lens of that? Like, is that the filter in which everything goes through? Um, and, and the more I think about it, no, you know, Mm -hmm. yes, you read your Bible, but typically that's like a thing you do. Yeah. You might read, you, you know, you might go to a Bible study or you might have a pastor or somebody who does sermons that you like. Or you might do devotionals on your own. Or like there's there's a myriad of different ways you could experience scripture. But I would argue, and I could be wrong, that a lot of people don't live their lives through the lens of I read the Bible. Right. They might read the Bible and take good things from it, but that's not like central. That's not the thing like when they're deciding what they're gonna do with their life today. It's not like, well, I'm gonna go read the Bible first and then live through that, you know? Sure. Um for me. The idea or the concept of being unoffended or unoffendable is absolutely the lens and the filter which I try to run my faith through. Um, I think for me, there was a lot of really crazy stuff that happened in my life early on, uh, first as a child and then later on in my like early 20s. And I think I had to get to this place in my life where so much bad stuff was happening. And I don't like using this word attacked at all because I think people way overuse it in the Christian space. But there was generally some like attacks happening to me personally, spiritually, physically even. Um, And I think anybody would have looked at my situation and said like, hey, if you fight back, like that's okay. Like if you're upset, that's okay. If you're offended by that, like it's justified because what's happening is garbage. Uh, and then to a point, I would agree. Um, but I realized that nothing good was going to come out of it. Didn't matter how justified I was in being offended uh, because the people who were doing the things they were doing to me were totally in the wrong when they were doing it. Right. But I realized that it didn't matter because my offense would only cause me to lash out, which isn't healthy, um, become the victim which isn't healthy, Mm -hmm. Um, woe is me, you know, uh, try to get sympathy or justification or do things in my life and use the offense as a crutch. Oh, well, I only act this way or I only do these things because I was so hurt and I was so offended. You know what I'm saying? Like, so there was just kind of this light bulb that popped in, popped on one day that was like being offended will only harm you as a person. I don't know. If that is for everyone, as of right now, I feel like it is. Um, And I feel like it's a very good thing that people could grab onto, especially in today's culture, day and age. And we'll get into that in a minute. Um, But it is absolutely the thing that I've tried to, I would say, for the past 10 years, live my experiential faith through. Um, Because even today, there's just things on paper about my life that suck sometimes. (laughs) Um, and things that I think normal people would look at and be like, dude, why are you not upset about this? Why are you not offended by this? Why are you not reacting or quote unquote responding to this? Um, and I don't have a good answer if I'm being a thousand percent honest, I don't have a good answer other than 
I have made an active choice because of my faith to not live an offended lifestyle. Yeah. And by offended lifestyle, I don't mean like, oh, I'm just, you know, like I'm going to pick and choose what upsets me and I'm going to try to be better about reacting. Like, no, I mean like cold turkey. Like if I catch myself being offended, I'm genuinely upset with myself because mm-hmm. I know it's something, at least for me, that is not healthy. It is it is the Red Bull of spirituality for me yeah you know not to say you can't drink a red bull every once in a while (laughs) when you see one in the grocery store and i do on occasion uh, but they're horrible for you they they offer no benefit other than in the moment oh i feel better like that's it and i feel like that's a great analogy for being offended it offers you no long-term benefit and it's really bad for you and if you constantly consume being offended you're probably going to die early Mm -hmm. just like red bull and monster um (laughs) not saying you can't have these things every once in a while, but please. Uh, when I was having a bunch of medical issues like about around 10 years ago when all this stuff was happening, literally the first thing the doctor asked me, because I was having seizures out of nowhere, he's like, do you drink a lot of energy drinks? And I was like, no, like once a while on occasion. But I do. like I had guys that I worked with that would like pound two, two or three a day. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like like they would live on that. Oof. Um. And I was like, no. And he's like, well, good. Don't. He's like that. He's like, I've seen energy drinks put more people in the hospital than a lot of people who abuse substances. He's like, because people don't know when to stop. Mm -hmm. And they just like keep loading their body up with all these chemicals and sugars and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I say all that to say, I feel like being offended is the energy drink of your spirituality. It's it's not going to offer you any um, long-term benefit. In the short term, it might make you feel better, but it's bad. It's bad for you. Yeah. Um, and I can honestly say, looking through the scope of the past 10 years of my life till today, um, it has served me very well. I don't just mean like, oh, look at me. I'm not offended. Like, I'm high and mighty. And like, I, that's not what I'm saying. I'm like, I can look at like multiple instances in my life where I have walked in and out of situations because I just chose not to be offended. And I want to back yeah. this up with the idea that like it's not because I think I'm so good or, or anything like that. Like I truly believe and we'll we'll get into this in a little bit, but I truly believe there's no space to be offended inside of Christianity. Um, and, and to qualify that a little bit more, if you want to look like Jesus, you can't live offended. Mm-hmm. Th- those two things are at, at odds with each other. They're they're a total clash. Um, so I have some verses and things like that I want to share. Do you, do you want to kind of throw your two cents in there? I know we talk about this a lot, and it's it's definitely something that we try to impart to our children. Yeah. And I think our, our friends, too, like our people that are close to us, I think that is something that they've kind of caught wind of, that this is important to us, and it's, it's how we choose to live our lives. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like we always get like, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I feel like I always get weird looks when I start saying this to people. And I'll be dead honest. I've preached a lot of like tricky sermons and things that like make people feel uncomfortable. I have never gotten more backlash. I'm not kidding. Like I've probably preached the unoffended sermon in some variation or another two or three times in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And every single time people come at me with pitchforks. And there's like That's really surprising. even nothing theologically tricky about what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but they do not like the idea that we don't leave room for it. <laughs> it it freaks people out, honestly. Yeah. Like I I have I you know I have some different theological stances uh, apart from the mainstream. You know I get that, 
but I never thought being offended or being unoffendable as a Christian would be the thing that people are like, hang him, like kill him. <laughs> but people get so upset when I preach that message. Um, but so, yeah, I just I find that very interesting. Do you have anything like what, what do you think? I mean, I mean, we've been married for <laughs> seven years, right? Yeah, I keep saying 10 years. It's probably been like I we've been married for seven years, seven. but I keep yeah. talking about like my faith journey. Like I keep thinking it's like 10 it years. Stopped in pl- yeah, yeah, like it's somewhere like that just stopped. It's probably closer to like 13 or 14 yeah. or something yeah, now. We've been married seven years. Yeah, I, I keep working on that. eight. Working on eight. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I think a lot of, you know, I mean, we think a lot of uh, the same <laughs> things. Um. But I think like, I mean, I feel like people who hear the message to be unoffended. I guess a lot of people I've encountered, like, I think they think it's a good idea. It's just harder to do one of those things like, oh, that's a great sentiment. But right. And I think <laughs> uh, no, I think the problem is that it's like it's it's fun conceptually. It feels sure. great conceptually. But when somebody does something horrible to you, that's the last thing you want to hear. You shouldn't be yeah. offended. You know, something absolutely horrible happens. And if your response to the person who was hurt is like, yeah, dude, but you can't get offended. Like, they're not going to feel good about that. Yeah, you know? I I looked up uh, the dictionary of offended and it just says resentful or or annoyed, typically as a result of a perceived insult. OK, that's good. But I like resentful because I think that one's the one that like sits with you a little longer. Like being annoyed. It's like everybody gets annoyed sometimes. Sure, sure. Like and then you have to be like, oh, like, you know. But I think resentful is something that like simmers a little bit longer, like uh, to hate, like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. more of a. Yeah. Like our dog, she wants to go out like 80 times a day. Right. Yeah. Like I can get annoyed by that, but I'm not offended by that. Like not that's not like a deep. Yeah. Or I'm not resentful. I'm just like, come on. Like, this is stupid. Like, what are you yeah. doing? Um, Sorry, I just dropped my coffee. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like that doesn't offend me. So there is a difference between just like, oh, come on. And then like just truly getting offended. For example. Uh, and I think I've used this example in some shape in the past. If someone were to walk up to me, like in the mall or something, and just be like, dude, you're ugly. Like, you are hideously <laughs> ugly. I know people that that would wreck them. Like yeah. they might walk away and just be like, oh, whatever, dude. But like it would get in there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to like toot my own horn or anything, but like, dude, who cares? I'm not even saying like, oh, I'm so confident and I'm a, I'm, I'm so happy with my appearance and like, blah, blah, blah. Like it wouldn't hurt my feelings because I know who I am. I'm a strong independent. Like, no, like <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like, who cares, bro? Like I'm 34 pushing 50 at this point. <laughs> like the fact that you think I am or don't think I'm attractive at this point in my life. I don't care. Like, who am I trying to impress? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but I do know certain people, and this doesn't really uh, have an age qualification to it. I know people in their 50s that would be really hurt by that. And I know people in their sure. 20s who yeah, would really yeah, be hurt sure. by that. I'm just saying, like, those are the type of things that get offended. Now, if a stranger does that, it's really tough to be, I guess it's not tough to be offended by a stranger, but it is tough to hold long-term resentment towards a stranger because yeah, you don't know true. that person. Yeah. Uh, but people close to you or kind of in your orbit, uh, yeah, you could get you could harbor resentment for uh, a family member. Definitely. Sure. Uh, you could harbor, harbor resentment for coworkers. Uh, I mean, the, the friends, friends, family, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I think that's where it really kicks in. Not to say that you can't live your life in such a way that just oozes offense 
that you can't harbor offense from a stranger. Or And I think the sure. best way to look at this is like through the lens of social media. Sure. I know so many people who get so bent out of shape by things that get posted on social media or yeah. people's opinions. Or, dude, I mean, just go to go to any comment section on anything that is somewhat controversial <laughs> and you will see people just getting bent out of shape left and right and yeah. super offended. Um, and I do feel like there's a need to put a little asterisk here. Um, I do believe we should live unoffended lives and I do believe we should live our lives in such a way where we exude peace and safety and love and acceptance and all of that stuff. Right. However, I do think there is a line where if somebody is not trying to be um, friendly with you and their only motivation in your life is to constantly try to tear you down or whatever, I do think there is a point where you can just kind of tap out and be like, hey, man, I love you, but like this isn't this isn't going to work. Sure, you know? sure. And I've had to do that a couple of times. Uh, I think you need to bow out gracefully. It doesn't need to be a blow up or anything like that. But I think there is a point where it's like, there's nothing about me that is going to sharpen this person yeah. because everything about me, they seem to hate regardless of what I try to do back. Right. Like sure. everything. And I think there have only honestly been a couple of people in my life where I'm just like, dude, I, I can't. There's just nothing here. <laughs> like there's yeah. just no way like I can even be Jesus to you because you hate me so much. <laughs> so it's better for me to just kind of bow out, block you on Facebook or like whatever it's got to be, because Anytime I open my mouth or just exist, you're upset about it. And there's just, right? Like there's no good that can come from that. I don't know if everybody has those kind of people in my life. And maybe it's just because of what I do for a quote unquote living theology and all that yeah. stuff. Um, maybe I just kind of trigger people a little bit more. And by the way, this isn't a ton of people. It's very few people <laughs> I've actually had to have that experience with. But um that is the small asterisk that I do want to put there. That is not a permission slip, by the way, to just be like, oh, someone disagrees with me. I need to cut them out of my life. Yeah, That's I mean, not right. Or I guess <clears throat> if you're like the victim of abuse or something. Sure. Yeah. There's always lines and, and it's different for everybody. Right. Yeah. Like, like you can still like live or have an unoffended perspective, but not put yourself to be the punching bag over and over Absolutely, again. yeah, because, and once again, it, I think it's less about protecting yourself. I think the proper perspective is less about protecting yourself because hopefully if you are trying to live an unoffended lifestyle, you understand that you are bigger than the verbal blows someone could throw at you. Yeah. And I think it is more about like protecting the idea of relationship. I don't want to just have toxic relationships around me not because i don't feel like i can handle it but because it's just not doing good for anybody right, right? like i hate i hate this uh vernacular but i know it's like in the christian world at some point if someone hates me so much and i refuse to bow out because i'm trying to be the super christian i think at some point i am causing that guy to stumble you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. I am just being a stumbling block in his life because for whatever reason, he is so triggered by me all the time. <laughs> nothing positive ever comes out of these interactions. Right. Right. Despite my best efforts. And I think um, that's the point where it's like less about protecting oneself and more about just be like, dude, there's just no way to peaceably walk through this. I've tried. There's just nothing good here. You know, sure. so I'd rather just bow out and hopefully me not being in that individual's life will calm them down a little bit. <laughs> you know, hopefully. I mean, yeah. if, if they're really that triggered all the time, there's probably a lot yeah. more happening under the skin than we see. But um, once again, that is not a permission slip. And I would say that is a very, very specific and few and far between situation. Sure. And, and like I said, 
it might just be the thing that I'm wrapped up in because I do videos and and we talk about touchy topics. I understand like not everybody's doing that, you know, yeah, yeah. so maybe not everybody's in that boat. But I've had to be in that position only a couple times um, and it stinks every time that it happens. But it it has happened. But um, yeah, definitely not a permission slip just to like walk away and start cutting people out of your life because <laughs> I will go into it in a little bit. But I, I think that's actually living an offended lifestyle. Yeah, cutting people out. Yeah, just like, yeah. oh, I'm cutting this person out willy-nilly just because I disagree with them or whatever. Like, I think you're actually living from a position of offense at that I see point. Yeah, I um, But uh, anything else before we, like, start diving into scripture? Anything you kind of want to add to that? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, did you have any scriptures or anything you wanted to pull up? Any? any I, I didn't pull up any scripture. I just kind of went through uh, over the past two weeks because we've been wanting to do this podcast for a few weeks now, but you know, you got sick and didn't have a voice and <laughs> yeah, uh, just gone. we got busy. So over the past couple of weeks, I just kind of been collecting, let's see, one, two, three, four. I only, I only kind of pulled up five scriptures. Obviously there's see a- one, Matthew 24. Do you have to get that one? I didn't pull that one up. Let me you look want... it up while you're talking. Um, but yeah, so over the past couple of weeks, I've just been trying to put a collection of verses together. Now, I would argue, especially when you get to the gospels and the new- testament there's way more um conceptual um groundwork being laid for the idea of not being offended and we'll get into that too with the life of jesus and stuff like that but um you're not gonna find at least i don't think so depending on your translation i don't think you're really gonna find like a verse or a passage all about just being unoffended i've looked i haven't found that particular verse but there are little nuggets all throughout scripture uh, that kind of lean towards that. And then I think, you know, we'll get into it in a little bit, but there's a, the entire life of Jesus is the unoffended lifestyle that I think that we're all um, aiming for. So you, do you have a verse you want to pull up or you just want me to go first? Uh, no, you can go. Okay. So I'm just going to kind of, you know, just rattle through these. There may be something good there or just maybe, you know, walk forward. Uh, so second Timothy two twenty four. everything I'm reading from is from the uh, CSB, by the way. Um, I do that, and then I do the, what's the other one I like? The NASB. NASB yeah. um, so those are the two translations I typically use. Um, or sometimes I'll use the New King James, not for study. I just like it because it's what I grew up on. So like I have verses memorized In, from the yeah. New King James. So sometimes I'll use it. But uh, translation-wise, if, if any of you are looking for good translations that are good for studying, CSB and NASB are my two favorites right now. Anyway, uh, 2 Timothy 2.24. The Lord's servant must not quarrel, but must be gentle to everyone, able to teach and be patient. Uh, that's a small verse and a lot and a little, little thing. The Lord's servant, which I, I would say means all of us, right? Like those who claim Jesus, those who claim to follow God, we would be considered the Lord's servant, must not quarrel. Like that's the first line before the comma, must not quarrel. So you can't be a quarrelsome Christian. It, it doesn't work like right yeah. there. You just can't live that lifestyle. Uh, and I don't know if we have any of these types of people um, who listen to this podcast, but uh, <laughs> Facebook warriors, man, it's not a <laughs> it's not a good look. Honestly, mm -mm. Uh, if every time you are on your Facebook, your Instagram, YouTube, whatever. And I, I say this because I get these every single day I wake up to YouTube comments, TikTok comments, like something where someone is like slamming me like you're the <laughs> worst human ever. You're not a Christian. Oh, can I take a little rabbit trail real quick? So the most popular videos I've ever done are two videos on C.S. Lewis. And uh, he says some pretty controversial things about Jesus just being wrong about some things. Yeah. And, and I think we've gone into that before. 
Check them out on the YouTube channel if you haven't already. I think we might have even done a podcast about it at some point like a long yeah. time ago. Um, two of my most popular videos, right? <laughs> uh, they're constantly just racking up views and comments and, and all this other stuff. People hate me for those videos. <laughs> out of all the theological stances I have, the one where I am literally just quoting something C.S. Lewis wrote in one of his essays, people want to like hang me um, <laughs> because they've kind of idolized this guy sure. and they can't believe that he said something like that. Yeah. And then I literally at the top comment of both those videos, I've had to post like a huge chunk of his essay. So people are because people are like it's very accusatory, like, oh, you're just taking what he said out of context. or You didn't understand what he said. <laughs> so I've had to paste the entire <laughs> chunk of what he said right there. So ever so I just be like, dude, it's right like here. Here's the, here's the book. Here's the day he like published it. Like it's <laughs> all right there. People lose it. So I am very aware of like the Facebook Christian warrior who's like, you know, out to prove God or like whatever. Anyway, circling all the way back to second <laughs> Timothy two twenty four, you can't be quarrelsome. Like as a servant of God, you cannot be quarrelsome. If you're looking for a fight, if you're constantly picking fights, even if it's in the name of God, that still doesn't jive with who we're supposed to be. We cannot be quarrelsome Christians. It doesn't work. Let me another asterisk here. That does not mean that you can't stand for something. You sure. can absolutely stand for something, but it means you shouldn't be picking a fight all the time. And it means when someone tries to bring a fight to your table, you are the diffuser. You don't have to relent on your point or your faith. You just are not looking for a fight. Hey, yeah. man, I hear you. That's that's I, I understand why you believe that. I just happen to disagree. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to as a Christian like this is a why are we not teaching people this in church? This should be a life skill for a Christian. You should be built to be a diffuser, all of us. If we follow sure. Jesus, being a diffuser should just be second nature to us. We should be able to walk in and out of crazy, tough conversations, lifestyle choices, all these things, and be able to diffuse arguments and situations because we carry Jesus with us. Um, you can't be a diffuser if you're quarrelsome. So, and I think that mostly, like I said, mostly I think that takes place on the internet today. Sure. Um, you know, I, I mean, you tell me I, where, where else would you have seen it? Um, because, I mean, I'm sure it exists other places, but I think the Internet is it's a shield for a lot of people. They can hide behind their keyboard. Yeah. You know, you don't have to. You, most people wouldn't say most of the things that they post on Facebook, like in sure. the comment section. They wouldn't say it to your face. Sure. You know, it's it's a totally different vibe. You're, you're not connecting with an actual human. You're just kind of putting something in a feed or a thread. Um, and you could you say a lot of stuff that you probably wouldn't say in That's real life. That's true. Um, not to say there's not people out there who wouldn't say those things. But, sure. Um, I'm mostly thinking about, like like I said, the Facebook Christians that are out to prove a point or out to, you know, protect God and faith and all this other stuff. But Second Timothy 2.24, uh, the Lord's servant must not quarrel. That's the first part. But must be gentle to, this is my favorite part, everyone. Everyone must be gentle to everyone. Everyone. Um, does that mean I have to be gentle with people who don't believe in my God? Yes. Does that mean I have to be gentle to people who hate my God and want nothing but to smear his name in the Bible and, 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 and everything? Yes. You have to be gentle to those people. Does that mean I have to be gentle with atheists? Yes. Does that mean I have to be gentle with Muslims? Yes. Does that mean I have to be gentle with people who identify as something I totally don't agree with? Yes. One million percent. We have to be gentle with everyone. Yeah. 
once again, man, if you're out to pick a fight, you're not, you're probably not going to be gentle, right? Because sure. fighting and being gentle are kind of opposing forces, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, so the last part of the verse, uh, must be gentle to everyone, able to teach and be patient. So that kind of all goes together. Like you have to be, to be gentle with people, you have to be patient. Because sometimes like people are going to swing at you verbally, sure. physically, spiritually. People are going to take swings at you. Um, and you have to exercise patience if you're going to be gentle. Uh, and you have to be able to teach. And I don't know if you guys, if those people who are listening right now, um, it took me a while to teach my kids how to tie their shoes. I don't know why that was the thing. Both of my boys like potty trained pretty easy. Like they swam pretty easy. But for some reason, like tying the shoes, man, it was just like the thing. What do you mean? Thing. They still can't tie their shoes. <laughs> they choose not to tie their shoes. They are totally capable at this point. They're just lazy. So that's a whole different thing. But um, yeah, for some reason, like tying shoes was just like the thing. And like, I just remember thinking like, you can play video games and beat like entire, but you can't make two loops and pull them together. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but I remember thinking like having to exercise patience when honestly I didn't want to exercise patience because I thought it was the stupidest thing in the world that for some reason they couldn't get that. Um, and fun little trick, I made the old one teach the young one. <laughs> and I said, neither of you are allowed to play video games till the youngest one learns how to tie his shoes. 15 minutes. They ran into my room and like, dad, look, 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 look what Riley learned how to do. And like, burp, 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 done, tied his shoe. All right, go play video games. I that solved that. it in 15 minutes. Another little parenting <laughs> hack. Uh, but in those moments, I just remember having to exercise patience because I needed to be able to teach. Right. Mm -hmm. And if I got all bent out of shape, if I got all upset and you're so stupid, I can't believe you do this. I hope parents don't talk that way to their kids, but I know some do. Yeah. Um, you're not going to be able to teach. You're not being gentle because you're not being patient. So all of those things wrap together. So I'll read the verse one more time and then we can move yeah. on. Uh, first or sorry. Second Timothy 224. The Lord's servant must not quarrel, but must be gentle to everyone able to teach and be patient. Cool. Yeah. You got one or you want me to go to the next one? I don't have one. Okay. Uh, I don't love reading from Proverbs all the time because it feels like cherry picking. Although, in my defense, if you've ever read Proverbs, it kind of is a cherry picking book. <laughs> feels like that. Like, because he'll just be like, this is this. And then he's like, and then a contentious wife is like, you know, like he yeah. just like. All his thoughts are Right. Just it is just an amalgamation of thoughts. So uh, part of me doesn't like reading Proverbs in this context because it does feel like I'm cherry picking. But in my defense, Proverbs is a very book. easy book to <laughs> cherry pick from because it doesn't hold long thoughts, if yeah. that makes sense. So, But anyway, Proverbs 29.11 from the CSB. <laughs> a fool gives vent to his anger, but a wise person holds it in check. Uh, I think it's, that's kind of obvious. Um, Proverbs loves using the word fool, by the way. That's like, yeah. that's, that's the word. Um, but yeah, a fool gives vent to his anger, but a wise person holds it in check. Um, and I think that's another one of those kind of being unoffended verses. Like if you're quick to get angry, that's just, you're just being foolish, you know, but wisdom, at least in the way that the Bible portrays it, um, would say, we just need to hold back in those moments. Don't fly off the handle, like be reserved, learn how to be gentle and learn how to be patient. Yeah. Um, or else you're just setting yourself up for failure. And and by the way, I just want to like put all this in context. All of these, I believe, are characteristics of Jesus. When we when we'll go through in a minute and look at the life of Jesus, all of these, I believe, are characteristics of him. Yeah. Um, ready for the next one? 
Yep. This one's a little longer. Uh, still from the CSB. Uh, James 1, 19 through 20. My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be... Uh, we've heard this verse before if you've been in church. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, for human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. I love that last part, and I feel like it doesn't get quoted enough. Everyone's like, you know, yeah. uh, slow to speak, quick to listen, or, or you know, in some <laughs> variation of that. Um, I feel like people in church quote that all the time, yeah, but they don't get that last part. Human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. I can't tell you how many pastors I've served under, Christians I've been with, who are like, well, you know, I just showed him the door and I'm just going to let the devil have its way with him because rah, rah, rah. Literally. And, and, and I'm just going to give them to Jesus. And, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, you're missing the whole point of that. Like, your wrath, your anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Yeah. You getting upset at a Christian because they're sinning or a non-Christian for their, because they're sinning and slamming them for it is not going to produce righteousness or uh, an easier way to understand it, right standing with God in that person. Mm-hmm. It's just not. But man, we are so quick to slam people. And I'm I'm like, we totally, this is that cherry picking thing. We pick the parts we like. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. Oh, yay. Amen, brother. But we don't quote the last part of that verse, but at least I, in most churches I've been in, that we don't even hit that part. For the human anger, uh, another translation says the wrath of man, uh, does not accomplish God's righteousness. Your anger at someone, regardless of how deep-rooted your faith is or how heavy your conviction is for whatever's happening, it is not going to produce righteousness in those people's lives. So then why as Christians do we make it a point to slam other people groups who don't think like us, act like us, believe in what we believe? What are we doing? Like, oh, and whatever, dude, I'll just go ahead and say it. One of the things that irks me more than anything is when I see Christians out on the street protesting something. Oh, that irks (laughs) me so bad Uh, because it's typically never something like, I can't even remember if I've ever seen like Christians out protesting like sex trafficking or something like that. Yeah. That would be an admirable protest sure. that I think anyone would get behind, right? Um, but I, I haven't seen that, you know, but I've seen- They're so persecuted. What do you mean? I know. I, I've seen Christians um, stand on the corners uh, talking about homosexuality, mm-hmm. you know, when gay marriage uh, was up for uh, legalization federally. Dude, so many Christians on street corners, on Facebook, everything just slamming, offended, just slamming people, um, thinking that that somehow was going to produce righteousness. Yeah. And I'm just and I was a little too young at that point to fully understand what was going on. Like, I understood that they disagreed with homosexuality. So, like, I'm like, oh, I guess they're they can say what they want. Like, it's America. It's a free country. But then now, like, in retrospect, I'm like, what were we thinking? What good does that actually accomplish? Like, I would love to ask like those people who pick it, uh, whether, uh, you know, it's, it's pride marches or whatever, uh, it's abortion clinics, like whatever it is, like what good do they think they're actually doing? I understand the stance they have, and it's not necessarily the stance that I'm upset with. I understand if as a Christian, you personally don't believe homosexuality or abortion, um, is, um, biblically accurate 
Okay, I get why you would have that stance and we can have that conversation. But what good do you think attacking people who are involved in those things is actually going to produce? Because when I read my Bible, it says human anger doesn't accomplish God's righteousness. Now, I know what they would say. Well, we're not angry. We're just standing up for what's right. Yeah. Well, no, you're angry. Like that that's what it is. Yeah. God offended. Yeah, you're offended, first off. God doesn't need the best way to say this god is not a damsel in distress and i think a lot of times as christians we think of him that way like if i don't stand up for god who will he's not a child he's (laughs) more than okay he is he's not offended i think it comes back to them it's i think it's a selfish motivator it's not for him but but we can hide behind i'm standing up for god but i i totally agree with you I, 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 i think it is and especially when we start talking about abortion is another issue. And that one's tricky because it's multilayered and faceted. But it's especially with like the whole uh, gay rights and things like that. Like, I can't tell you how many Christians like I'm like, well, they shouldn't let teachers like, you know, homosexual teachers teach in school because they're going to turn our kids gay. So what you're saying is you're not actually standing up for righteousness. You're scared mm-hmm. that your children are going to be influenced or, or whatever, you know, right. or the politics are going to be influenced or they're just going to take over and do whatever they want. Or, like, yeah, you have to be subjected to just right. looking at somebody else's perspective. Right, or right. And it's, it. So I, I ask the question again, are we really standing up for what's right and we standing for God or are we acting in offense because we're scared? You know, yeah. Uh, and I don't think most people would cop to that. Honestly, I think if you ask those people who do those things, I, I don't think they'd cop to that. I think they would find a wiggle their way into saying we're supposed to stand up what's right. And they'll cherry oh, pick. Absolutely. They'll cherry pick every verse in the Bible to tell you why they have the right and and why they should be doing that, why they're standing for righteousness. But once again, I come back to uh, human anger does not produce righteousness so if the goal is not to produce righteousness in the other people that you're against what are you what are your goals then that would be my question what are your goals if it's not to produce righteousness because i thought that's the whole reason we as christians are here obviously like love god right but the other side of that is love people Mm -hmm. and if you're not worried about the well-being and the righteousness of other people then what are you actually worried about i think it's a fair question yeah but i don't want to dive too much into politics but i do think that is going to be a common thread in this conversation because we see, at least today in 2022, we see more Christians getting bent out of shape over political uh, yeah. and social a lot issues. Of there. Right. There's a lot of offense in that space. And I mean, maybe I'm just more aware of it now, or maybe the internet's so big it's hard to ignore. I don't remember it being this bad when I was a kid. I remember there being issues and like Christians standing in certain things, but I don't remember being this bad. Like, I just feel like so many Christians and there's whole swaths and groups of Christians out there that are so trigger happy. They are just upset all the time. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. I got to stand up for what's right. If you don't believe what I believe, then you're my enemy and I'm I'm on God's team and you're not. And I mean, it's I just can't believe where it's at today. I would expect that if it was just Democrats and Republicans duking it out. And that's all it was. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah. yeah, they're just. But when Christians do it, I'm just like, what are we doing? Yeah, that's we're rough. not supposed to play those games. We mm-hmm. were never meant to do that. Um, but I see it all the time now, and they're so trigger happy. Anything else before I move on to the next one? No. Okay, next one. Uh, Proverbs eighteen nineteen. Once again, don't love pulling from Proverbs, but why not? <laughs> this one's pretty on the nose. An offended brother is harder to reach than a fortified city. 
uh, and quarrels are like the bars of a fortress. A lot of imagery going on in that yeah. one. But it's uh, an offended brother is harder to reach uh, than a fortified city. Man, does that go like with what we were talking about? If you live your faith in such a way that offends other people, and I don't mean offends by like, oh, you pray in front of people or you go to church or just being a Christian. I mean, being the type of Christian that is actually offensive, that's like in your face, like just bully, you know, that yeah. if if that's how you live and you are constantly triggering people because of your faith, just remember Proverbs eighteen nineteen: an offended brother, the person you're across from is harder to reach than a fortified city. So if all we're doing is offending the people around us, we are basically locking the door to speak into their lives yeah. because we are causing them to be offended and they're, they're just going to stonewall. That's, I mean, that's what the scripture says. Uh, and quarrels are like the bars of a fortress. So the fights you're picking with all these people, you are literally locking them behind a gate and saying, I don't care if I reach you. That's what scripture says. I don't care if I reach you because I am intentionally causing you to be offended. Now, before Christians get upset at me, once again, just to preface, I'm not saying being a person of faith is that. You absolutely can be that person of faith. But the moment you start picking fights, the moment you have something to prove, the moment that you think you have to stand up for God's righteousness because if you don't, no one will— you're picking fights now. You're being quarrelsome and you're causing your brother the, your or your enemy, I guess, at this point to be offended. And now you have zero way to reach him. And my question to you is, is that the gospel? Is that the gospel to lock people to get them so hard at heart that you can't reach them? It feels like anti-gospel to me. But yeah. Uh, let's go to the last one I got here. This one we've done a whole one we've done before. And I love this one because I feel like most of Christianity, at least the Christianity I was raised in, not only do they get it wrong and they preach it wrong, but they do it for really weird reasons. Do you know the verse yet? No, I'm trying oh, to remember and I okay. can't think of it. Uh, another Proverbs one. Proverbs 4.3. Guard your heart oh, above all yes, else, yes, yes, yes. for it is the source of life. There's different translations. Um, that's not the translation I grew up with, but... Oh, man, how many times in a church service, a Facebook post, a preacher, pastor, elder, <laughs> deacon, like how many times have you heard people say, well, brother, you know, you got to guard your heart. Yeah. Got to guard your heart. Those can't let those can't be around those sinners because, uh, you know, there's there's going to get in there and they're going to mess it up. Can't let uh, I don't know why my Christian accent is Southern, but um, <laughs> your Christian accent. <laughs> it, it just I go Southern. And it, well, I, I think I was just raised in that, like just kind of Southern. Yeah, you're churchy. around a lot of Southern people. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and when they get hype, they get Southern. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, guard your heart. Guard your heart. I can't tell you how many. And in the dating world, especially like in youth, oh. it's of guard your heart. Girls, guard your heart because those boys, they're coming <laughs> after you. You know what I'm saying? Boys, guard your heart because yeah. those Jezebels, they're coming. Those Jezebels. It's I'm all just, about protecting yourself. Yeah, no, but that's how we pitch it. Like yeah. we pitch it like we are allowed to stonewall people away from our hearts um, because that is the source of life, right? If you understand context, if you understand how the Bible, I mean, the Bible straight up says the heart is wicked in <laughs> other verses. I can't remember which verse that is, but it's in there. Um, guard your heart is not a defensive posture. It is a, what's the best way to say this? like a protective posture, your heart, and obviously I'm not talking biologically here, we're talking spiritually, emotionally, like all whatever, your heart is a sponge. 
Um, and it absorbs a lot that happens in your life. The good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. Now, a mature Christian learns how to not absorb bad stuff, right? And we learn how to live peaceably, not be offended, right? Like we learn how to get self-healing if there's trauma in our past lives. Like that's a mature Christian heart. Not everybody has that. A lot of people are walking around with a lot of scars, trauma, like we have sozo and like all that kind of stuff for that kind of things. What scripture is saying here is your heart is a collector of all that stuff. It is your job as the steward of your heart to protect the garbage that you could spew out on somebody. Because if you, because, uh, man, I don't like this translation. I think the, the new King James says, what does it say? Pull it up for me really fast. Yeah. Proverbs four twenty three. man, this is the first time I don't like the CSB here. Proverbs four twenty three. Yep. And you want it in what? Uh, new King James, if you can. Four twenty three. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it, out of it spring the issues of life. There we go. That's the verse. I don't like that diligence part, but out of it springs the issue issues of life. Out of it. Out of it. Right. There's the context right there. It wouldn't make sense if you were to say protect your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. What, what, what do you mean? Like I, I'm supposed mm-hmm. to protect it, but stuff is coming out. It's very simple. Your garbage, your junk, the healing and the trauma that you haven't got like dealt with yet is in there. And if you are not careful, you will spew that stuff over everybody. We see this all the time, especially like in the dating world and stuff like this. People come out of bad relationships or maybe they had horrible parents or like out of a divorce. I mean, there's a myriad of different ways people come into relationships. And we in our culture now, millennials, Gen Z, we call it toxic, right? Like that person is just (laughs) toxic. That's really what this verse is talking about. If you are not careful, you will spew your toxicity over everybody. Um, because out of your heart flows the issues of life, the issues yeah. that your heart holds on to. If you're not careful, you will spew them all over everyone. Circling back to the idea of being unoffended, uh, your the offense that you will keep in your heart, the offense that you may have had from trauma. And I want to be very clear about this. There are things that will happen to us, especially younger in our life, that will cause trauma. I I think we're still not quite at the point where mainstream Christianity is ready to admit this. But you can be a born-again Christian and still have trauma. And you need to deal with it. And it doesn't mean God can't heal. And it doesn't mean that you don't that that you have to stick with it your whole life. But I think there's still so much of a stigma about trauma. Um and man, let's not even talk about church trauma because we're, we're the Christian world's definitely not ready to talk about that yet. But there is trauma that lives in people's hearts uh, and they harbor offense, they harbor resentment, anger, all that stuff. And then that's the, the stuff they can spew out. So I want to be very, very clear here. Just because you're a born again Christian and you've accepted Jesus Christ into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior. <laughs> I think I got that right. Um, does not mean you do not have the ability to spew your garbage on people. Let's not be under illusions here. Like you still have the ability as a Christian, if you are not living in an unoffended life and you're still harboring yuck in there, whether you want to deal with it or you don't, you still have the ability to spew that on people. Yeah. 